the hallmark of this podcast, Shay, you're probably not familiar, but it's that it sucks. So as long as... Oh, I'm, I'm very familiar. I'm very okay. familiar. I've been, I've been waiting for years to be invited. <laughs> this is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Throw gang, we are joined by the Cortez King, the Trump block and top boy, <laughs> the Sultan of San Antonio, the mutual aid maestro. What's up, Shay? What's up, Lynn? I hit it, Ross. You see me in public. Like, what's up, friend? The Don Dada of Diamonds and Wood, a true Twitter titan, the coloring book Kaiser, the fuck out of here, Pharaoh, GM of the Hispanic delegation, Flexican American, and big essay of the essay, <laughs> New York Times bestselling author, co host of the Connect podcast, and staff writer at The Ringer. Shay Serrano. That's the best introduction I've ever gotten. I appreciate it. it. Ladies and gentlemen, the 46th president of the United States of America, (laughs) Shay Serrano. We're happy to have you. What's up, dude? Yeah, I'm pumped. I've been waiting a while, fucking oh, a long while. It feels we like. had to uh, we had we to had wait to for fuck ourselves out of a Barcelona contract yeah. before we could properly invite you on. But here we are. We were waiting until democracy was kind of right at the precipice, and we're like, <laughs> you know what? There's only one man who could do the pod before it all comes <laughs> crashing down. Uh, Shay, the first thing that we're gonna do, and I'm excited for this because I feel like you kind of low key have very strong opinions on clothing. So we want to know in our fit check, the outfit that you are wearing right now, head to toe, you're going to walk us through it. I guess I should toe to head, toe to head. Your choice is top down or bottom up. Um, we'll go, we'll go, uh, bottom up, not a cop, not a narco, not a police officer. Thank you, sir. My slides, of course. Okay. Uh, Just, I think these are Adidas slides. Just fucking, I don't know what they're called, but they're awesome. Are you stripes over checks when it comes to slides? When it comes to slides, yes, they're much more comfortable. These ones are the most comfortable slides I've ever had. I have at this point purchased like four pair of them and I just wear them until the bottom is gone. Do you, do you have multiple game. pairs simultaneously or is it one till yeah, it's one cooked and, done. and one. Okay. It's one. And then the new one comes in, I throw the old ones out. <coughs> okay. I, nice. my, you throw them at son, your kids, no? Yeah. My sons are, my sons are sneaker heads. Okay. Which has been like an interesting development. How's that working out for you? <laughs> They're teenagers now. It's super expensive. Yeah, right. Super expensive. <laughs> But it's cool to like you go in their room and it looks like a fucking foot locker because <laughs> we, they bought like little shoe organizers or whatever. So they're all right. on display and it's neat. But me, I have one pair. One does, pair. It, does it bug you out that their they, their feet keep growing, but like you're, you're just continuing to buy shoes? Yeah, that sucks. That super sucks. <laughs> okay. Both of them, both of them, again, they're only 13, but both of their hands are already bigger than mine. Their feet are already bigger than mine. Right. Like I can't even wear their shoes. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Are yeah, they gonna dude. like? Uh, are they like, Dad? The new off whites are dropping. Please write another book. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just sort of pop their heads in, or they'll like text me links from StockX and be <laughs> like, "Can I? Can I? Can I get these?" And it's like four hundred dollars. I'm like, Do nah, you yeah. do you use it as leverage for like you know personal achievements like doing well in school or or something like that, or are you just kind of like fuck it, blow a bag? It's a Tuesday. I do it the opposite. I'm not so concerned with school. I think this is, this is like a parenting thing because I, would, I did really poorly in school for like my whole entire school career. Laramie was the opposite, like pre-AP classes, all of that stuff. So me, in my head, I'm like, well, I didn't do that great in school and it worked out okay. So I'm not super stressed about it. So I don't like dangle the, the carrot for that. But I'm like, hey, if you want me to like buy you these things, you've got to give me an hour of like no, no phones, no video games, just 
me and you are going to hang out. We're going right. to go to the court and shoot around. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to dinner together, like that sort of thing. You need stories. Like, oh, you need oh, stories oh, to never, tweet. Never mind, you need Dad. Them to create content for you. They have absolutely been like, oh, nah, no <laughs> yeah. thanks. Not Dad, right I'm now. good. Never mind. I don't want to yeah. hang out with you. I'm good <laughs> on yeah. this fucking Not worth it. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried to introduce them to the post-sneaker world, which is a world where there is room for sneakers, but it happily coexists with other non-sneaker footwear. This is the world that Lawrence and I are yeah. pioneering. Penny, penny loafers, anything? Wallabies, oh, no, lace-ups? No, not yet. Not yet. No. Okay. No. Soon. We, Soon. We, we'll, when they turn 15, I'll have them a stack of Ghostface uh, albums and <laughs> right. a pair of Wallabies and be like, nice. there you go. Welcome in. Welcome yeah. in, guys. Welcome to the next generation. I'll, yeah, I'll text them the Patreon link to y'all. <laughs> like, Here you go. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, study, study from the masters. Ghostface killer <laughs> and throwing fits. Yeah. Basically basically the same thing. Boom, um, you, slides on the dogs. Yeah, slides on the dogs. You got socks on too or are you raw dog yeah. in the slides? No, no, no. Always socks. Always socks. I got white. I just got dry okay. fit, white dry fit socks. Are they up to the knees? Yeah. How high are these? Uh, no, so I have two two pair. I have like the regular Hanes ones that go up to the knees, but those are for shorts. And <laughs> right. these are just regular white, just past the ankle socks. Right. But if you're wearing shorts and slides, you would still use the super high Hanes. That's that's when you pull right. them all. It's not the way about up. the yeah, footwear; yeah. it's about the the, 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 the bottom wear. garment. Got it? Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Spe- speaking of which, so I'm assuming if you're wearing the <laughs> Nike dry fit socks, or as we say, the drift socks on this program, you're wearing pants, sweatpants. That is correct. Great, just solid gray sweatpants from Homage. Super comfortable. My favorite place. As a, as a work from homesman, you must have been already very familiar with what was best uh, cuppage for your ass when it came yeah. to just sitting at home for 16 oh, hours yeah. a day. Pandemic yeah. uniform. Like you already, you were built for this shit. You were built I, for this pandemic. I, yeah. I, I have not been interrupted at all by the pandemic. So are these sweatpants your go-to? Business as usual. Always been your go-to's. Yeah, these are my these are my go tos. So in, in the summertime, you wear the shorts. As soon as it gets below ninety degrees in San Antonio, <laughs> it's wintertime. Right. Pull out the sweatpants. Pull out the hoodies. Gray sweatsuit season. Gray sweatsuit season. I got a gray hoodie on too. From What's, also from homage. Okay. What is, so is homage a, sto- a store in San Antonio? Is that a brand? What is homage? Oh, it's a brand. Uh, I think they're based in in Ohio. Okay. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure because a lot of their stuff is is uh, Ohio centric. But I don't know where where I found them or how I came to like know that they existed. Maybe somebody tweeted me a thing. And I ordered. They they do like a bunch of retro basketball shirts. Oh, sick. And so that's how I got. I like ordered a couple shirts, and I'm like, oh, these are like really comfortable a lot of times you order like a ten dollar shirt off the internet and the fucking sleeves are yeah. either really yeah. short or really that's what long. happens when you, when that's you, what happens when you cop the off the timeline yeah never yeah. never cop off the time you gotta People get it in ohio recommendations yeah of things that they support that's different but copying yeah. from a timeline brand you're fucking dead in the water so yeah absolutely uh, but, but yeah so somebody sent me that one i went to it i ordered some shirts i'm like oh these fit nice they're they're good material they're soft and then i saw they had the, the plain ones I just ordered like four of them and I'm Did you reach to, out for free shit? Did you try to like money. leverage the, the oh, clout? No, no, no. no never. Okay. Well, homage. If anyone from homage listening, send Shay all the free shit. Yo, Aaron Levine, our, our Ohio plug, needs to, needs to yeah. run up in the homage factory and get our man's a, a PO, no, I don't, a personal I, order. I, 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 email, I, email with him, I email with him all the time. My guy, Mike uh, Pansini, I think his name is. Uh, he's at homage. But I don't want free stuff from any of the places. Like to me, that doesn't make sense. Because if 
I'm just asking for free stuff. I'm not supporting them. What if they go out of business? And I yeah, but you talking about on a podcast as you know a yeah. public figure, you're this is invaluable marketing. You should also, be compensated for your time. Just, I really hope that you're being responsible with your shout-outs because they might get a a uh, record-setting order yeah, headed their way, do. and they might not be prepared hope, for this. So this act, you might actually do. put them out of business. I hope yeah. they do. Yeah, uh, are, are they ready for the light? Is homage ready to get <laughs> one million sweatsuit <laughs> orders right now? This is something we just talked about on the pod. We'll find out, yeah. but. You know, be careful what you wish for, Omash. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, finally, yeah. the, the um, hat up top. No, what about the undershirt? What about the? Undershirt? Oh yeah, what's on? What's Are you going? The, you going it's, a plain, it's a plain homage T-shirt. Oh it's damn! Just, I'm telling you, it's the softest material. You put it on, it's like you don't even feel it. It's damn. just there. It's great. It's not, it's not Dior Om. It's Dior homage. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. tail the tip, full homage, the whole fucking every fucking limb. Yeah, homage and then the, the hat is just a GQ hat. This is the one they give you if you. Subscribe to the magazine. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a, you, that was the subscriber gift. It, it says it on the back. It says proud subscriber on the back. <laughs> nice. How about that? Hell yeah. Nice. Better, I guess better some, than having a Breitbart proud subscriber hat. That's, <laughs> some gate, that's some gatekeeper shit, though. We, if we ever made Throwing Fits Dad hats, we'd hand them out for free, whether you subscribe to the Patreon. Or you could buy it even if you didn't subscribe to the Patreon. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Do you have, Shay, do you have a favorite writer at GQ? Uh, Zach Barron. Okay. There you the go. Profile Lord. Profile God. He's awesome. He's, yeah. he's, he's somebody I've been, I've looked up to for a long time. Um, like years and years and years. He just writes in a way that I can't write. And I think it's great. Well, she only, the only interesting profile writer, celebrity profile writer currently, because right now every magazine is just having another celebrity interview the cover. Mm, right. Sure. Yeah, the, yeah. Inter, the interview magazine model. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you got to see how print is dead, bro. Got to sell issues somehow. So we're going to have Chris Evans interview Julie Louis. Chris Pines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The Chris's interview. Um, and then what about the panties, Shay? What underwear do you rock with? Uh, they are just jockeys. They're like the, again, the soft ones. I don't even know what they're called. What mm. model? Boxers. Yeah, boxers. Boxer briefs. Oh, boxer, boxer briefs. briefs. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. you. But, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate right. that. What about James, James is a boxer guy and we, yeah, we I'm, talk I'm about a boxer every episode. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. What about uh, the spectacles? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I got them at the eye doctor. (laughs) Insurance paid for them, so it's like whatever. Yeah, yeah, FSA twos. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is that this, this like Ray-Ban club master-esque style, that's like your signature style though, right? Yeah. For a few years now, I've had these. I would say like maybe four or five years. What what is is it? Malcolm X cosplay? What is the thinking (laughs) behind it? Oh no no no! You know what it, you know what it was. There's a uh, uh, what's his name? Malcolm uh, X. No, I forget his name. There's some guy on Twitter, Sean King. Malcolm X. And, and he <laughs> and he, wears, and he wears like glasses that are black frames. And I had some like that a few years ago. And then everybody started tweeting me saying, "Oh, I thought y'all were the same person," sort of stuff. Ooh, and right. I looked at his picture, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, those are similar glasses." And then there was a kicker from Georgia. And he yes. was like a black the guy. The nerd, the nerd guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then everyone was like, "Oh, you look like." And then I was like, "All right, I need to change my glasses." My own shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you, you don't go. want anyone to think that you're Sean King's wave rider. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, a bad, it's a bad look. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think that's a complete fit check. Thank you, Shay. You're First welcome. portion of the podcast done. Check okay. the box. As Boom. you may or may not be aware. Oh yeah. Three main subjects. Let's get into the meat and potatoes real quick. The three main subjects of this podcast, mm-hmm. throwing fits. The only podcast that matters yeah, are trademark money. Ka-ching. Meats and cheeks, formerly known as daddy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sex, sex and dating, you know, sucking. We're going to talk about you being a father. All right. 
and most importantly, mm-hmm. Jimmy, Larry, the goddamn motherfucking boys, ourselves. Yeah. Right. Top we're going to start with Numero Uno. We're going to start with um, the most important topic ourselves. And we'll get to you eventually, but for two hours, we're going to talk about uh, us. <laughs> so, here, this is an interesting thing. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on this. So, having Lawrence work for me personally is well, the most wow. challenging professional undertaking I've ever experienced since partnership. You had a, you had a column, uh, Diamonds and Wood, at Four Pins. So, my question is, you know, I'm above Lawrence. You were kind of beneath him as the writer and he, he is your editor. How was it working with him on your four pins column? I got to dispute all these facts, but I am curious to hear what Shay remembers fondly of that time early what in I re- his career. What I remember fondly of that time, because that, yeah, that was like pre Grantland, right before yes. Grantland. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence was the first editor that I had who wasn't trying to like make me write about one specific thing. He's like, Hey, do you have an idea for some stuff? I said, yeah, something like this. And he said, oh, okay, cool. Like let's, let's give it a try. And then I would just write a thing and try and be as, as like not weird as possible, but I just <laughs> was trying to write stuff that I was interested in. And he was like, yeah, this is cool. Let's go for it. And that's how we started that column. And yeah, he was the first one to like really open up, open up it, the space for me to sort of roam around in. Never that, say no, that, right? As an that, editor, never say no to your best but, guys. But is know? that genius strategy on Lawrence's part or is that just <laughs> him being lazy? And being like, oh, you tell oh, because, me what your ideas are. <laughs> no, because there were times where he was like, no, this is not like, this is not the right thing. Like he was an yeah. active editor. It wasn't just like, I don't care. Like there are different, you know, this was like, this was more like the Phil Jackson style coaching. Ooh, uh, yes. He's gonna, he's the gonna, Zen master, yeah, dude. Yeah. He, he's going to guide you. You're not, not going to know that he's doing what you want him to do until he swoops down is like actually not that thing. That, then of John's that part of your career. I also remember reading yours. And I think this is maybe how I even discovered your writing. Shay uh, was the bot you had, cause you were writing at LA weekly, right? Yeah. Uh, that kind of freedom. And I remember reading the, like what you wrote over there and being like, this is crazy. It's, it's kind of like outside of the box, but like super approachable and conversational, obviously trying to do the same thing at four pins. Like it, it was that kind of freedom out the gate kind of like the secret kind of sauce for you that like flipped the switch that you're like, yo, I can just be myself and people are interested in that. Like that freedom, did that really tee you up? Would you say? Um, yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely a, a shifting point. Ben Westhoff was my editor at LA weekly and he was very much um, an editor in the way that Lawrence was, where he just sort of big brothering you through, through a few different phases and yeah, giving, giving somebody that freedom, not only giving somebody that freedom, but giving them the, the, the support that comes with it. And then also giving them money. is <laughs> right. like a bit, that that's a, that's a, that's the like money's a real, important. real part of it. Because like, I think at, at four pens, I was maybe getting like 75 bucks or something, a column somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> really? I think oh, it was, a little, was it not a hundred bucks? I don't remember to be yeah, honest. It, it, it might've been a hundred bucks, but it's complex money. I, but I was coming from Houston press where they were paying me $20. Right. And, and so I'm like, Oh shit. I get uh, five times as much money to like write about music or whatever. This is, this is super cool. And that's like, that's like a very um, confidence inspiring thing. When somebody shows up and they're like, without even realizing it, I will pay you five times as much money to come write for me about basically whatever you want. Do you have a, do you have one, do you have one column that, or one um, post that kind of stuck with you that what, you know, remained your favorite through all these years at diamonds and wood. Yep. Or, or anywhere. Yeah. Di- at diamonds and wood. Uh, diamonds, diamonds and wood was the first place where I wrote about being a middle school football coach. Yeah. And then <laughs> that eventually became a, a, a big column later on at Grantland. 
for me anyway. And so that one was like a, a big thing for me because prior to then I had not spent a lot of time uh, writing about the other parts of my life. And I was able to do that here. I was able to do that here, but it, w- it was not the main focus of the article. Right. And that's a really tricky thing to figure out when you're a young writer. Like I can remember, I go back and read this stuff that I wrote at the Houston Press or LA Weekly or whatever. And I, I was doing a really bad job. I thought <laughs> I was doing good, but at the t- but looking at it now, I can see I was doing a really bad job of writing about the stuff I was supposed to be writing about without centering myself. Right. And right around this period is when I was slowly figuring out, okay, cool. I'm, I'm supposed to be writing about whatever. I'll just pick a thing. I'm supposed to be writing about this Kendrick Lamar song and I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to like add in my own stuff here and yeah. it won't ever become about me. It'll always be about, it'll be like in service of this other idea. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Um, so that was probably around when that stuff started happening was, was when you kind of this style. out. And you're figuring this out on your own, right? Versus maybe like editors kind of like force feeding it to you, which I think is like maybe the point I was trying to make of like the freedom of like figuring this out on your own. A lot of times will make you a better writer. Lawrence is trying to retroactively give himself a positive performance review like 15 <laughs> years after. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. I got a legacy over here. Go I got a pedigree to protect. Come on, man. I need a raise. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's, that's true. Um, ben, so Ben gave me a piece of advice that I never forgot that really helped me with that. But he was working, he was, in Houston. I was living in Houston at the time. He was in Houston. He was working on this book. And so we were hanging out. It was the first time I'd ever met him in person. And he was like, hey, this is before he was even at LA Weekly. But he was a writer that I looked up to. And he was like, hey, do you want me to like read some stuff that you wrote and give you some tips? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. Like, you're fucking Ben Westhoff. Please do. And he read this thing that I wrote about Scarface. And it was exactly what I was talking about where there was like a whole aside in there about like some story that I thought was hilarious in this thing about Scarface. And he said, I understand what you're trying to do here, but this story that you're telling does not help the main point that you're doing with the Scarface thing. You need to have a main idea in your article and every sentence that you write should help you get to that main idea. And if it doesn't, you have to delete it. So if I was your editor, I would have deleted this part or I would have changed it in this way. And that really stuck with me. And then, so, you know, you start chasing that sort of stuff down. And then, and then, you know, Lauren shows up at the exact right time where he would let me try those things right, and then the re- redirect me as, as sure. needed. I showed up with a check and said, play ball. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, all right. So fast forward, I don't know, 10 years or so. And uh, you're currently the co-host of a podcast, The Connect. And not that it's a competition or anything, but I did run the numbers. You know, we're in a very uh, quantitative moment in American history where, you know, we're tabulating ballots, you know, look at the numbers. Uh, the Connect has... 4.9 stars on iTunes, throwing fits, sitting pretty at five full stars. <laughs> Perfect score. But you guys are clearly more popular and making more money. So the question is, how does TF, a objectively more beloved podcast than The Connect, <laughs> grow to be as big as The Connect? Like, what, what are we doing wrong here? Because this, this is a conversation me and Lawrence literally talk about one and a half hours every single day. Yeah, it's oh, brutal. As you, <laughs> as you should. No, the, the trick here is... The, when we launched the Connect, it was piggybacking off of a feed that we had already established mm. a couple of years ago. I did a podcast called Villains, and then right after um, a few months after that, I did another podcast about John Wick. So we just dropped it in there, so we automatically had oh. those yeah. subscribers. So that's why that's, that's yeah. why the feed has is four point nine stars. I never forget ah. because before even any Villains episodes came out, I posted the link and I was telling everybody on Twitter, "Hey, go." 
leave me five star rating or whatever. <laughs> right, of course. And before any episodes, we had like three thousand ratings, and, <laughs> and then people got mad that they were like, "Oh, iTunes is cheating" or something, and then they started trying to knock it. Wow! Down. So oh, there damn. was so there was collusion. So you were experiencing collusion potentially yourself. This is this is a metaphor for for for. And you were like <laughs> you were like you were like stop counting the votes. Yeah, stop stop <laughs> counting. <laughs> stop the count. Fraud. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, so what we should do is we should cook end the books throwing more. fits, end throwing fits, start a new podcast, we rebrand keep the feed. Okay, just yeah. so just keep, continue keep to feed, rebrand. Keep the All right, feed alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've ran um, into IP problems in the past, but hopefully moving forward, you know. Just Lawrence and I, though, we are we are now you know kind of blood brothers tied at the hip. Your homie and co-host Jason mm-hmm. is leaving the ringer. What's going to happen to the connect? Yeah, what's the update there? Oh man, I have no idea. But I was super sad when I find out that Jason. Did you find out over Twitter like the rest of us? I did. I really? Did. I was super fucking pissed. So he's not a good friend. Damn. He's a terrible friend. <laughs> no, no. He, t- he told me and Steve maybe like a week before or something like that. He just brought us in and let us know what was going on. How do you, how do, are you podcasting with other people that are not Jason? Because that's the big issue too that James and I have is like, forget about us being like 50-50 partners. Like I can't even just imagine podcasting with we're anybody both, else. We're both yeah. misanthropes. Like we hate other we hate humanities. Like there's nothing we, we can hate do. other people more than we even hate each other. So we yeah. really don't have any options left. What's your, what, do, what can you even like, do you have a dream like replacement? I think I would try to do, I would try to reach out to people who I've met in real life and have hung out with in real life. When I did villains, when I did the John wick one, all I was doing was hitting up people whose work I respected and liked on Twitter, like other writers. And I'm like, Hey, do you want to come talk about this thing that I know we both like? And then they would come and then it was always cool because we had, you know, right. a, a mutual interest. I think if we continue to connect, we'll probably do the same thing here. I just, well, someone a, completely, a completely rotating cast yeah. of homies. I don't even think, I don't even think that. I think it would just find another person who I got along really well with. Oh, got it. You someone on Twitter uh, suggested that Chuck replaced me on throwing fits. And so either... I'm going to be available for a job or, or that's his proof that Chuck is ready to step up uh, to the plate. So I don't know. Yo, two, fl- two flexican Americans. Yeah. Boom. Potting about uh, movies. Chuck's yeah. a zoovie man. Zo- zoovies, as we say. Yeah. Chuck makes zoovies. I like, I like films. Yeah. So, so Chuck, when you ask Shay his, your one question that you're allotted later, don't fucking blow it. Cause it's basically an audition potential. Yeah, you know, potentially. <laughs> is uh, is it weird that Jason's going to barstool sports? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super weird. <laughs> fucking Jason. Jason is honestly, I think, one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, let's bring it back to you though. The only guest that matters because you're on the, on the only podcast that matters. Boom. San Antonio, small town. You guys got the Spurs. You got the Pace Picante dynasty, who I am related to. Um. <laughs> But you are such a like hometown hero, the people's champ, if you the will. the people's champ. You rep SA to the to the fucking death. Are you the most famous person in San Antonio? Oh, I don't. Definitely not. Come on, definitely. I'm the most famous person in San Antonio that you guys probably know. Okay. But there are other famous people. I saw Manu Ginobili like three days ago, just sort of wandering around the did city. Did he ask you for what? your autograph? He did not. He oh, did man. not even look at me. So I, <laughs> so I know I'm below Manu because I noticed him and he did not notice me. How is the ball spot looking? Know. Yeah. He, he had a helmet on. He rides his bike all around the city. With the helmet? With the helmet. Safe. Yeah. Safe. I love that. Is, Harry is, is San Antonio one of those cities where like, um, I guess the only team is the Spurs or major sports team is the Spurs, but like where athletes love it so much that they like live in the city proper yeah, and not stay. like in some rich, like not like in the Jersey of New York or, you know, in Miami or LA. 
Yeah, definitely. There's like, there's like a certain, I think it's the Northwest side of San Antonio is mainly where they all are, but it's, a, it's you know, San Antonio nonetheless. But, but, they, with, but with your goodwill and kind of being a big fish in a small pond, cause it is like a secondary market. Like how often do you get recognized when you're, yeah. when it's not a global pandemic, like you got to get recognized daily, right? No, 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 not daily. No, no. Every, every once in a while. The only time it, it happens more in other cities. Oh shit. Than it, than it really? does here because usually you're good in I'm every in, hood. If I, if I, if I'm in another city, I will have tweeted at some point, like I'm in <laughs> LA or whatever. Sure. And then people will. How's it? You don't so you as so a humble guy. Ah, uh, it's it's awesome. So you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> you have to buy your own drinks in San Antonio at, at any yeah. pre-pandemic oh, bar. Dude. Or I guess I gotta Texas. Buy, I like, got to buy my own. Open? I got to buy my own big reds. I was gonna say wherever I, wherever I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't That's drink that. Bullshit. The Mexican um, the Mexican ladies here they don't give it to you for free. You got <laughs> Damn. <fuck> well, <laughs> Shay, I want to ask you this. You know, it is a very precipitous time in America. You know, you're very anti-Trump. Salute. Um, but being in a red state, obviously San Antonio is a major metropolitan, cosmopolitan, uh, you know, densely populated area. You guys believe in good things. Um, you're not fucking idiots. But being in a red state of Texas, have you ever been in danger, like, or, or you know, more danger than your typical brown man in America? Because you are anti-Trump in a Trump state. Uh, I don't think I've been in more danger now. I think at at most, I've been in a regular amount of danger, but not certainly not more. The cruising altitude standard amount of danger for for, for non-white people for non-white people but in America. for non-white people that, who aren't black. There's right. a difference. You sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that's that's where that's where I exist. Where we live, the side of town we live on is like the Trumper Trump side of town because we're really? so closer to the hill country. Right. And like the the more spread out everything gets, the more Trump flags you begin to see, but Bear County as a whole, bear down. Blue. You know, what you know what I'm saying. Like when they show the the, the map of Texas, right? Your, the, the district, yeah. We're we're right here. We're we're blue. But you've uh, never caught you never caught heat for being for being a like a public figure who does get recognized in the city and being so vocally anti-Trump in Trump land. Yeah. It's happened one time. One time I, I've been here. Um, 18 months or something like that. But when I went to go vote the first time, um, that when we, right after we had moved here, it was like the, the local, yeah, 2018. And so I went to go vote and I had just previously done a, a thing with the mayor. One of those, like sit around the, the bonfire, chop it up, kind of welcome to the city. We're going to ask some questions type of thing for his Facebook account. Uh, I did that. And then you know, so, so you got that, like a key to the city. I, I'm I'm trying to get one, but I didn't get okay. I didn't get one that it, night. But is I it made of that, cho- is it made of chocolate? I hope so. <laughs> and then when I went to go vote at the 2018 stuff, I like gave the lady my ID, and she looked up. She's like, she said, "Oh, you're him." <laughs> and I was like, uh, "I'm him. Who? Yeah. Like, you're the one that they were all going crazy for." He hate me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know uh, what you're talking about, but can I have my ID back, please? <laughs> And then that was it. That was the only time. Damn, she pressed you a little bit, though. A little bit, and I backed down. hundred percent. She's like, I, I, I know where you live. I know where you live, yeah. Serrano. And then he <laughs> punched that old lady in the face. It was serious. <laughs> but beyond that, it's, nobody has ever run up on me. That's the thing about Trump supporters. Ooh, they're pussies. They, they're, Keyboard they're, warriors, bro. They're yeah, pussies. Exactly. <laughs> me too as well yeah right like oh right part of it. <laughs> right. it's just a, it's just a nation of pussies <laughs> yeah uh, it's a nation yeah. of cowards the bark the bark is worse than the bite for 
both yeah. people for the great people on, on both sides. On both <laughs> sides. Well, uh, you know, the, the the next president of the United States will probably be decided tonight, maybe. Um, and this comes out in a little bit in five or six days. Um, mm-hmm. And look, like it's no matter which way it goes, the fact that nearly half the country's population voted for Trump. Like, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it makes me feel the same as when it happened the first time. This is not a surprise to anybody who is not white. Like we knew, we, we've known, we've lived our lives this whole time. We knew what it was. Um, it always does suck when you like shine the flashlight on it. But this is, this, is, this is very similar to if you live in a house and you know there's wood rot in there. Mm-hmm. And like, as long as you don't look directly at it, you can kind of ignore it. Uh, as long as I just like stay in my little circle with my friends or my family, it's cool. You don't think too much about it. But when you shine that light on it, then you're like, oh, this sucks. Assuming that things keep trending in the way that they kind of appear now with, with Biden, you know, taking the, the presidency, but like, you know, obviously, you know, ground being lost in the house and the Senate not really moving. Like, what is your kind of like 50,000 degree kind of like knee jerk reaction of, of these results, assuming they stay the same? Oh, I feel great. Yeah. I feel, I feel great about, um, I mean, I feel great that Trump is going to be gone. That's right. what I'm specifically talking about. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Like it's time. It's time. It's that was the, that's the overall mission and that mission has mission accomplished. Ex- exactly. George Bush mission accomplished. Can someone put Shea Serrano in a flight suit on the fucking <laughs> USS Abraham or whatever with just mission accomplished. By yeah. him? I did like a whole bunch of interviews Monday and Tuesday with the Biden campaign or like for the Biden campaign with places in Texas. And, and that was like a thing that I kept mentioning through all of this. I didn't vote for Biden in the primaries. Like I, I voted for Bernie. He seemed like, yeah. like a cool dude. And, <laughs> but when they were like, Biden is the guy I said, okay, cool. Like I was less a vote for Biden and more, more a vote right. against Trump. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, that's what I have been angling. on. I don't think much of anything is going to change uh, like immediately or a great deal. Like all of the big picture, big dream stuff that I have in my head for the way this stuff could be better, like like a clearer path to citizenship. So like all my DACA homies can, right? you can like get a night's sleep or, or whatever, defunding the police, redirecting that money into the community, like that sort of stuff. I don't think it happens very quickly, if at all. But I know we have at least a slightly better chance of it happening under this one guy than we did the other one. Right. right. I mean, also kind of going back to the wood rot, uh, just, you know, Trump's Trump voters being the fucking asbestos or the maggots, the termites eating away at the framework. Um, paradoxically, you know, the, the bigger and more famous you get, typically the more out of touch with reality you are. However, I like you being a being a, a having a being a bigger target and having like a larger following that's kind of crosses all, you know, lines. Uh you almost kind of get a clear sense of what's going on in America versus me and Lawrence who are just like, we tweet out like pee pee poo poo Johns. And then, you know, we get like a thousand retweets or whatever. Um, <laughs> thousand retweets. I wish dude, but thousand yeah. likes, thousand likes, maybe like thousand likes. Retweets. If um, it's good. <laughs> but so, so you're, so you're not surprised by the fact that like literally 49% of the country, in spite of everything, in spite of all the black squares on Instagram voted for yeah. Trump. No, no, and no, Trump gained not, too, right? That's the thing too. Like in a lot of he, these he went, crucial yeah, demos, he went up. Man's yeah. putting gains. Yeah, for up. real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so that, that's not surprising. 
So, okay. So let's like, where do we go from here? Like, do we just accept the fact that half the country is okay with enabling racism and locking children up and being anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQIA plus like everything, like do we accept that and, and fight the fight starting with that as the, as the starting line or like, where do we go from here? I have fucking no idea. This <laughs> is, these, these are bigger questions than I'm able For a to political answer. podcast. I would, I would guess, yeah, you have to start where you have to start. We'll start right here with the, with the facts that we know these people voted for this guy after watching everything, after hearing everything, after seeing everything, they voted for that guy. So yeah, we have to start from there uh, on the, on the note of you having all the answers, which again is why you're a guest on the <laughs> podcast. That matters. If we, if we were going to do Shea Serrano 2024, what's the platform, big dog? Have you thought about that? The people's uh, champ. I mean, listen, no, I have not thought, I have not thought anything about that. I don't know how any of that works. Mexican I, food, Mexican, good Mexican food on every, on every corner. plate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's how you, that's how you get to yeah. these racist hearts through, through their bellies. Yeah. A cold big red in every fridge. <laughs> <laughs> that's the slogan. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. No, free, we'll do that free, uh, just, you know, social yeah. Netflix socialism. Everyone gets free Netflix. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that, that would, movies. That at birth. Would be, that would be the move right there. A free, a free Netflix account at birth is definitely, we can get that into the constitution. That yeah. seems yeah. like. If you Remember. did that one, I think you're golden. <sighs> Good to know. Um, okay. We're going to book that. I mean, I think one of the, one of the ways we can, you know, get rid of the evil rot in this country is to get rid of all white people. How do we, how do we, as a society, <laughs> how do we as a society and, and look, there's only white, one white, per, one and a half white people on this podcast right now. So I feel like this zoom is kind of indicative of where the country's heading. How do we as a society <laughs> here in America move past the need for white people? I don't know. Some of them are cool. Lawrence is cool. That's Hell cool. yeah. Can we, can somebody clip that out? <laughs> I re, you know what I remember? I remember the first time I saw a picture of Lawrence because, oh, yeah, because all, all you do is like you just get emails and you see names. And then I looked up a picture of Lawrence. I like searched them, went to Google images. And there was one where he was like up against a brick wall and he had some sunglasses on. Yep. And I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's like cool looking. Hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what I'm used to? <laughs> I, I was immediately intimidated and I wanted to do better. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the white inferiority complex. I was going to say, damn, here, my, here I am I'm, as, as, a, as a white man in a position of power, just not even unwittingly you know, intimidating POCs. <laughs> this is terrible. But I will say looking cool, but being a bad dude is kind of my personal brand. So there yeah, you, there you yeah. go. I'll take it. Thanks, Shay. I appreciate um, it. Shay, I mean, you, you've, you've pioneered and been the champion of the method of just straight up just telling Trump voters to fuck off and blocking them. And, and I instituted this for the first time, really, not that I have like many Trump supporters, but I smoked out a Trump supporter on IG, <laughs> said uh, he hit, he DM'd me and was like, yo, fuck you, Trump 2020. And I was like, I thought, I thought he's like, I'm a patron. I'm like, fuck you, blocked. And then he DM'd Lawrence, hey, can you tell James to unblock me? <laughs> yeah, big fire. Um, so cathartic, so amazing. I'm currently in a flame war in Grailed's comments because uh, I said John Daly, the Trump supporter. So I have all these virgins being like. By the way, the kid that you blocked, uh, you know, he. I think he is, feels very bad. By the way, I don't know if like it matters because I guess his well, you know, dogship, before, just to give you an update, he's continuing to kind of lament in my DMs. You know, but I'll say this before, you back, but before uh, really paying attention to how Shay was doing it, and at first I thought it was like a bit, but then I downloaded the book. Um, <laughs> I'm not proud to say this, but I paid zero dollars because I really wasn't yeah. expecting what to uh, get. That's why I put it. I put it out there for free. Yeah. Um, 
But it was very cathartic and ultimately very effective. This kid feels like a piece of shit because he is. Uh, my question is like, who's the most famous Trump supporter? Because you've done this for a while now. Who's the most famous Trump supporter you've gotten into it with? Whether it's just straight up blocking them or like getting into a fucking back and forth. Flame one. Uh, I, I can't think of any, honestly. Um, it's usually the ones who I have like never heard of or don't know. They just sort of pop up. Uh, like, I wait, can't this think of a famous. Five million I, I, followers? Yeah. yeah, I think maybe so there's a rapper out of Houston named Chingo Bling, this Mexican yeah. rapper, and he's a Trump supporter. And really? I, yeah, I had no idea until like this last week. People started tagging me in tweets with him. Cause he Were was, you banging with his music uh, ahead of that? Because he's like a local legend. Like I know, I even know who he is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was not somebody who I like listened to a ton. I was aware of him. Right. Um, but it was like not even somebody that I was following or anything like that. But he has built up his whole... Like his whole thing over there is like he's a famous, a famous performer. And he was probably, that was probably the first time that somebody tagged me in on a thing where I like knew who the other person was. And they were like, Hey, can you, you what, how do you feel about this? And I was like, I don't, I don't even know this guy, but you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> do, you, do you think he truly uh, believes in Trump or was he one of the rappers that Trump was like, I will pay yeah. you to just say MAGA yeah, 2020. Is he, is, he, is he a platinum plan? Dude, I, I I don't know. I would guess he probably believes in it. Trump is popular among Latinos. Like, you know, he got like a, a nice little portion of the of the vote. It's like that's like a thing. Well, Trump has always played really well with rappers, right? And obviously, we're going to ask about uh, Wheezy Wheezy F Baby, and the F stands for freedom. Um, freedom <laughs> F stands for freedom from paying my taxes. Yeah, um, but freedom like beers and barbecue. That, you know, that's like a thing that's been part of the Trump brand is like whatever you know, hanging out with like Snoop or whatever. Is that like uh, why do you think that is? Like, would you like rappers just gravitate towards this fucking blowhard? I think maybe before all of the politics stuff, yes. he was just he was just somebody who we heard his name and it was, it had become synonymous with money. It's sure. just like a, a thing people said um, in, in those communities. So that's probably how it all started. And then, you know, as he became who he became in a more public profile, a lot of people pulled away from him and some of them didn't, some of them went toward him a little bit more, but you know, have you, I mean, it's one thing to just block a fucking rando hater on the TL, but has, has it ever, um, infiltrated like your your family where you've had to like snuff out or heisman trophy a a a family member because they were a trump supporter Uh, the closest that we got was my sister's my sister's husband his family was uh or are trump supporters they they live in another city and we don't ever see them and then they have since divorced so fuck on fire we're not like in a in a thing but were uh, were they like wayne's wayne and his girlfriend they divorced because of trump yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the closest that I've that I've gotten with any of that stuff has been like over gun control. Guns are big in Texas. Right. One of my uncles is like, he's got a ton of guns. He's got gun safe, a gun safe. Like a, it's a whole part of his personality. He lives in the in like a very rural, poor part of town, and so like him and I have had arguments about guns how do you approach that with a family member i think that's like a thing that a lot of you know people and like elite like millennials and younger like trying to fucking you know just like kelly and conway's daughter right they're trying to fucking figure out like how do you talk to your relatives when it comes to divisive issues well fortunately in in this case this is my uncle jesse um he, he has like raised me since i was a pup we're very close so it's not a thing for for me to be like, Hey, this is not right. The things that you're saying are not right. And then he comes back and he's like, well, actually they are. And then, you know, you have an argument and then you just sort of keep it moving. Um, but do you ever like give, will you ever give up on uncle Jesse and his guns? 
No, I know he's never going to give the guns up, but I'm never going to. It's a war of attrition until <laughs> the day that whoever dies first. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully not from gun violence. Hopefully not. Just, uh, Hopefully just don't, not. don't get. I'll prove you right though. Don't get into a knife fight because. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> and Uncle Jesse is at a clear advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you're a big Wayne fan. Have you deleted all your little Wayne music? Yeah, I had to get, had to get it out of here. I had to get it out of here. Damn, dude. Was that, did that hurt? Did that hurt deep down? Yeah, even, even the Carter two. The Carter two. <laughs> you have to like highlight the dedication, right? And you're like, well, oh, it was. God. See, it's it's a mixtape, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. So I'm streaming like, it on fucking <laughs> Dat Piff anyway. So yeah. you know, you rename it. You rename the files. Yeah, he, yeah, he had. He, I mean, that was like a big period of my life when Wayne had just sort of taken over the planet. The run and of yeah, all it runs. Was, it was great. It was so much fun to like watch and and cheer on and be a part. Cause I'd been listening to him since he was a teenager and it, it was cash money. Yeah. Hot boys. And you just watch him become this global icon. And then, yeah, I wrote about him in, in the book and then that, yeah, is that the biggest bummer of like, of, like, is that, I mean, obviously there's been huge bummers, you know, attached to, to Trump, but is that, was the Wayne one? Like that's as tough as it gets. Right. No, you know what the, the Kanye, like Kanye is right. Kanye is the other tougher, example was tougher. Really? Me. Because it was so really? unexpected. By this point, a bunch of people have decided they're going to lock arms with Trump. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I, I kind of get it. Or not even I kind of get it, but I kind of expect it now. I can't think of too many people who you say the name and you're like, hey, did you find out so-and-so is a Trump yeah. supporter? Because largely these are, these are rich people and they can, they're concerned a lot about the money. Uh, but Kanye being one of the, the first ones for me. Was He's like, a trailblazer, right? In all ways. You, you, what, <laughs> what is going on? How is this real? And I thought I thought for the longest time it was a bit. And right. Well, so at what this is not real. At what point did you kind of throw your Kanye dad hat in the ring and you're just like, this is it? Because Lawrence and I, we, I think we kind of gave up at similar points um, on on Ye or like you know canceling him out of our our lives. But uh, we we struggle with that where it's like you know on the fucking uh, Pablo tour is where it kind of first started, and then it went all the way to him you know going to the White House and then. Yeah. Wearing the hat and shit and dragon energy. Like, where did you kind of give up on, on Kanye personally? I, it was a little bit after the, after the first time I saw him in the hat. And again, early. yeah, pretty, pretty early on. Again, I was, I was under the impression that this was like, I was, my fingers crossed it was some sort of joke. Right. Some right. sort of long con that we were going to get in. Sigh up. Yeah, yeah. He's like, going to uh, pull it off and it says Biden-Harris. <laughs> giving him the the benefit of the doubt here and he just kept on going further and further in and then he was doing i think it was like right around the slavery was a choice thing Ooh, and you're yeah, like oh we're, you, you, this is this is not a joke you're being real and then he had like all the mental health stuff that it seemed was going on and he's like all right well this sucks is he someone that at this point now you choose to completely ignore like this whole stunt of running for president? Like, is that something that you even like, it's hard to not pay attention, right? Especially when you're on Twitter as much as like guys like we are, but where are you at with the thing? Are you like completely ignore it? Are you like, do you actively campaign against his buffoonery? Where do you see yourself? Oh no, I just ignore all of that stuff. It's like, you know, it's a waste of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's nothing that's going to come of it. So. What is your Twitter screen time per day? Is it 23 hours? What's your screen time? It's pretty, it's pretty high up there. My screen time is really high up there. Um, if I'm awake, I'm usually looking at a screen. Uh, so it's double, double digits? Oh, easy. Easily double digits. Is Twitter where you're logging the most too, as far as like all like apps are concerned? And- it, depends on, it depends on what's going on. Uh, but I'm, 
I'm at this point pretty good about knowing when I have to get off Twitter and do my work <laughs> and I can like power through it and then I can like go back later on. It's not, it's not something that I think detracts from the work that I'm doing, thankfully. Uh, do you have to like incentivize yourself where it's like, oh shit, it's popping off on Twitter. Let me go do my work so that I power through it so I can get back and get these fucking tweets off. Yeah, definitely. Because you know, ahead of time, you know, when all the big stuff is going to happen. So you want to be there. Like if there's a, whatever, uh, uh, an easy example is the NBA finals. And I'm like, okay, the game is on Wednesday at seven. I need to make sure I have all of my work done and I don't have any work to do. You start Wednesday at six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. If I know a big thing is coming in, I want to be a part of it or I like want to see all the jokes. All right. But what's your, what's your average daily Twitter screen time? What are you logging? I would guess seven hours, eight hours. I don't know. Damn, strictly a, on the timeline. Is Hell that, yeah. Is, is that a lot? I don't yes, know. It's a, it's a, it's a ton. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Well, I mean, I've got like, you know, multiple windows open. It's over here. Just right. So people say that Shay's on, Shay on Twitter like it's his goddamn motherfucking job. And it is. So. It, kind, it, it kind of is. But I mean, like that's two and a half basketball games. Is there, there's seven hours right there. Is that how you measure all things in your life? Yeah, yeah, by basketball, basketball game. It's going to take me one and a half basketball games to get to Houston. Right. All right, cool, let's go. My son is turning 500 basketball games years old <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah, the party should last for about two basketball games before I can get back to the timeline. Um, it is, it, it's, it's wild, though. Like, literally hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter think that you're one of the coolest, smartest, uh, most interesting people on the planet. That being said, you're an old man. And your mm-hmm. two oldest boys are about to overtake you as the house alphas. Mm-hmm. Do they think you're corny? Yeah. They don't think anything that I do is cool. Like not at all. Nothing. They're not impressed by shit. They're not impressed by any of it. They're, the only time they have been impressed. This is the, in, their, in their lives that I have seen them impressed. I've taken them to like book tours. And I'm like, look at these hundreds of people who have come to have me sign a book. And they're like, I don't care. I take <laughs> them to, to, to uh, whatever. Um, I'm like, oh, look, this is the president, Barack Obama. He's talking about me on the internet. And I'm like, I don't care. None of this stuff, dad. But when they saw that I was verified on Instagram, <laughs> like, whoa, oh my God, dad, this is crazy. Verified was, on IG is what, is what moved their heart and mind. And I don't even use Instagram. But I was for some say. reason, that was the one where they, this is like a two years ago. A year Why ago. do you think that is? Is that because like they know that? I mean, listen, James and I, as influencers, that is the hardest verification to get. Is it really? You know? Yeah. Oh, there you go. They, um, yeah, I think it's just because that's the one that they were using at the time. Mm. They have since moved on, I believe. So what, TikTok? Yeah, yeah, what are they on? TikTok? TikTok. There's so they're going to get, they're going to get the joke in your intro. What's up, Shay? What's up, Lynn? It's the new, it's basically the back that ass up of their generation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they'll get that. Um, yeah, and, 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 James, and James can make that joke because um, he mainly hangs out with 16-year-olds. So. <laughs> because, I'm 16, because I'm 16. No, you're absolutely not. Did you ever try to be like the cool dad or be like, hey guys, like I'm actually yeah. like I'm boys with Bun B, like, yeah, like no, no, Obama no. added me, like. I didn't try to do any of that stuff. Like that's not, that's not. The how do you do fellow kids life. shit? You just were like, I'm not going to play that game. I don't want to do that. I've been, I've been wanting to be a dad since I was 15 years old. Um, my dad is very much like hardcore straight down the line, old school Mexican dad. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be that. I want How many chancotas has he uh, thrown at your face? I want to be that. Dude, my dad invented this thing called chancla foo, which is like, <laughs> normally what they do is they, 
like your mom will reach down, pull the, the slipper off with her hand and then throw it at you. But my dad will just fucking kick it off of his foot <laughs> right at like, and then like deadly aim. And he invented that. And I just, he's a sniper. It. He's a straight up sniper. Your shooter, Chonkla Fu. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> God damn. I mean, everyone's yeah. got a superpower. <laughs> You know, with great power comes great responsibility. I hope he he uses it fucking effectively. He does. He's lighting up all the son's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your kid just recently beat you on 2K for the first time. Yeah, I had a I had a solid streak going. We got 2K21, fired it up. We started playing together. I beat him. I beat his brother. The baby wanted to play. I ran him off the court. Learned (laughs) he wanted to try. Ran her off the court. And then he spent like a week practicing and then challenged me again. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. The true mic drop moment. You got, you got yeah. fucking run. He just fucking ran me up. So what we do is we play the, the blacktop five on five to 21. Uh, it's just a faster game. Sure. And, you know, everybody's in line to play at the house. And so that's what we play. And you like pick your own team. And he like, he figured out Michael Jordan was good. And he's like, give me the 93 Michael Jordan. Give me the 91 Michael Jordan. Yeah, like multiple Michael Jordan. All M- <laughs> yeah. his, his starting five was MJ throughout his career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, two, he had two MJs, two LeBrons, and Steph Curry. That was his. That was well, his. What, and what did, you, what did you field? What was your uh, squad? The I had two Spurs. Fucking, yeah. Starting lineup for the Spurs. I had like a Tim Duncan. I had Kawhi. Okay. Like, like, you know, uh, but I do get Clay because for some reason, Clay's rating on here is a, a 91, 92, depending on the year. But he, I feel like he shoots better than everybody else. And okay. So I had him. And that's how I won all the other games, just fucking throwing it out to Clay. But this time, he, wow. was, he, figured, it, he figured it out. He figured out the outlet pass is what he figured out. And he was just fucking attacking in the yeah. open court. Who knew that all took was two Michael Jordans versus one? And Dude, there you go. Forget about two it. Two LeBrons. No, you, yeah, you two that, no and two LeBrons. No, <laughs> no chance. What did, uh, did, did that actually like kind of cut you deep? Like, were you like, oh, fuck, like. Yeah, were you that impressed? Sucked. Were you shook? So I just here, got emasculated. So, so here's the thing. Uh, it's like fun to joke and be like, oh man, he's the dad of the house now, whatever this sucks. <laughs> but, but, but the truth is you're proud. You're proud anytime your kid does a cool thing or a good thing. You're like, fuck yeah. Like, you see, like, you know, they grow an inch in your head is what happens right. when something like that happens. It reflects well on your parenting. You know, I think so. It's yeah. actually what your kid doesn't realize is that was a W for dad. So we took, so we took, um, I had a speaking gig in Dallas. This was like two or three years ago. And, um, I, I was like, I was hanging out with the boys a lot with the twins a lot. And they were at the time in fifth grade. So they're, I felt like old enough to travel and this was on a weekend. So I told Laramie, I said, Hey, is it cool if I take the boys with me to this thing in Dallas, we're going to fly up there, stay in the hotel one night, fly back. She said, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. So me and the two twins go to the airport. We were like, you know, fly to Dallas or whatever. But while we're waiting in, da- in, in the airport to leave, the twins are playing their Nintendo Switch, the handheld one. Yep. And there was a guy who was like sitting by us and he noticed they were playing. He's like, oh, you got, you got the Mario Kart. And one of the twins was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. He was like, do you want to play? We can like link up. And I'm sitting like, you know, a, a couple seats over just sort of, Making sure nothing squirrely happens. Right. So like they this grown ass they, man talking to your your young yeah, yeah. twins. I mean, he's probably he's probably like a like a late teenager. Okay. Um, All right. Early twenties. But it was James. It was James Harrison. <laughs> they, were, they were connected. They were connecting over this game. So I watch it happen and they play, and the twin just fucking 
blew him out. He like, yeah. he, f- he figured out very quickly how to do the drift move. Right, of course. Just fucking turbo went all around all the corners. Teriyaki and boys. They, they played, and the guy was like, oh, God, he's really good. And he, he asked him, do you want to play again? And that guy was like, no, nah, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> and, and I was, and again, I was just proud. I was like, that's my fucking boy right there. Just one tier. Yeah. One, one, <laughs> is there one thing, and it, it sounds like, you know, you're at that point in life with, with them. Is there one thing, though, where they would like whoop your ass and you would actually be like, oh, f- oh fuck, like they now run the household? The, the only time that stuff like that happens is with physical stuff. Okay. So, like, so when they beat you up. When they, when <laughs> they're, they're twins. They can fucking Dudley, Dudley Brothers tag team it's you. Two yeah, on dude. one. Yeah. Like, I, they're faster than me and running, like, just straight up. I can't keep up with them anymore. Um, so like that, the first time that happened, I was like, Oh dude, I got a, I know a perfect one. We were playing uh catch outside. We we're playing football and we play, we play this game called uh, uh, whatever you call it receiver or interception or cornerback or, but it's basically one kid is the, the quarterback. The other one is a receiver. I'm the cornerback and you're like, you got to get it past me. And then we switch. Right. And we were playing that one time. And so one of the twins is quarterback. I'm the receiver. He hikes it. Um, I take off to go. Oh no, I'm playing cornerbacks. Excuse me. Um, and the twins are on the same team now. So they're playing and I'm just like talking so much shit. Cause this <laughs> is just, this is just what, what I'm doing. How explicit is your shit talk to your, to no, your no children? cuss words, okay. but like, but like your mother should have swallowed you. Not, <laughs> not, <laughs> not anything like that. Not anything like that. <laughs> yeah, but, that's a big stream. It's big O. But, it's big O. But, I know. But I know. just like, you you can't you're not gonna, right, sure. you know, I'm better than you I'm gonna do this you, you're not gonna get any of this stuff whatever I'm 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 on some like Richard Sherman shit sure. at cornerback and we're so we're playing John and I'm like I get an interception here or there and I'm running my mouth I can see them getting madder and <laughs> so they like you know they call each other in and they set up this this little play and I'm like okay cool I'm ready I know what they're gonna do already one of the twins runs out um, he like turns around puts his hands up. The other twin pump fakes. And I bite on it. Oh, and I, I jump forward. Damn. Dude. And he, the other one takes off, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And he just sets back his feet. Fucking perfect, Aaron Rodgers. It's gone. Fucking yeah. 35 yard pass, and I'm watching it in the air, and I'm just like, all of my strength, all of my power no. down the down this parking lot, just like no. I put the team on my back, though. I'm, I'm watching the ball fucking spiral through. It's the most beautiful pass he's ever thrown in his life. <laughs> right, of course. I, I I'm like catching up to it. I can't believe I'm running as fast as I am. I'm catching up to it. I know I'm about to intercept it. I jump and I like reach up my two hands, and I'm like, I got this. And then I don't even see the other kid. He fucking out of nowhere, his hands come up past mine, above mine. Oh, he bump, no. we're, we're like, you got mossed by your own son. I got mossed. <laughs> high, a high point. He fucking attacks the ball out of wow. the air. We crash into each Apex. other. He catches it. I like go stumbling off to the side. He turns around, runs to the little touchdown. He's fucking fired up. Just slams a ball on the ground. <laughs> He's screaming. The other one is doing that floss dance thing. And, and <laughs> flossing like, on your corpse dude it was crazy they, we, this happened at an apartment complex where we did this and we go inside and then for like they never talk shit like ever that's not a thing that they do it's not an them. but on this day they were both just running their mouth they earned it man. we yeah. walked in the house they were fucking kings of all <laughs> mama you know what happened mama mama did. i'm like all right all right all right that went that yeah, one making me look bad <laughs> that one hurt a little bit but then like again Maybe two or three days later, the boys are at school. I get a text. I'm at work, 
And there's like, daddy, I got an interception when we were playing flag football today. Or daddy, I scored. And I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. you're, you're sharpening your teeth on me. I get it. Yeah, right. I'm right. Yeah. But th- them schooling you, that's just the lab, dude, before they take it to the playground. Yeah, you know exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Let's move on yeah. to another fearless leader that we all love and adore, uh, Obama. He recently tweeted at you on Twitter. And I guess my question is when he tweeted at you, did you pick up a lot of followers or is he, is his following all bots and like, there was no engagement? Like, does he have um, true clout like that? Oh, I don't, I didn't even like check to see if I gained a bunch of followers. I, I really? know, my fun my phone was buzzing a, a ton because I, I did see like he had tweeted a bunch of stories out is what he was doing when I ended up in, in that. Um, he tagged me in a tweet with Roxanne Gay, who is yep. friggin' awesome. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I gained a ton, maybe a few. few and it was about your, it was specifically about your direct mutual aid. Um, which like, is that something you want to keep doing forever? Like, is that uh, obviously the, the, the proceeds close to a hundred thousand dollars, I think from uh, your last book about how to talk to Trump supporters, you just uh, doled out all the money to various causes. Like, is that something you want to keep doing and keep building? What's going on with there? Yeah, I like doing all of that stuff. Um, it's important to me to try to help out wherever I can. And it seems like not that hard to send some tweets and get some money or I didn't think the book was going to do as well as it did. You know, I just put it out there for free. Laramie and I had talked about it ahead of time. We knew we were going to donate that money. Whatever money ended up coming in, we, I, I didn't think it was going to be like what it was. We had ended up being almost a fucking hundred grand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something that, that does make me feel important or, or good, which is like a way that before I was a writer, I was a teacher. And you sort of, that's just baked into the job. Right. I think this is a way for me to replace that feeling. Are we ever going to get a book or collection of essays on your time as a teacher? Because you today were just kind of like uh, giving some great stories and also advice on um, to teachers, both current and future teachers on like how to deal with eighth graders, I think was your, your class age. Um, mm-hmm. Are we ever going to get that collection of essays on, on your time as a teacher? I would like to do something like that. Um, I just need the time. I just need like a, you know, a couple months to, to write all that stuff out. But yeah, that was an important part of my life. That was a thing I cared about a, a great, great deal. I think it would be cool to, to celebrate that. And you're also a basketball coach. Yeah, I, dude, I coached all of it. I coached yeah. soccer, basketball, track, football. When you're a, a teacher who is a male, they're like, hey, do you want to coach yeah. all of the stuff? You're like, qualified yeah. based on your gender, so go off, King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, one thing about the NBA that Lawrence and I are fixated upon because we are not jocks necessarily is the and style. And the work that we do is not crucial whatsoever, yeah, to be exactly. clear. We're not essential workers. Yeah. But the style of NBA players and their recent forays into like the fashion world, you cannot deny that they're like, it's, it's huge. They're the new the rock players, stars, right? baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's your favorite NBA player's uh, style? Oh, it's got to be Russ. Yeah, Russ yeah, my guy, the source, the originator yeah. of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, he's super. I think he's just a super cool person. But also, I I thought it was. Do you remember when he dressed up in the photographer outfit? Yeah, that was great. And, and it was like not supposed to be a thing about Kevin Durant. It was just like I just happened to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that that was cool. I think he's great. He's just so much fun. So when you see him, because a lot of people, he gets. Well, yes, he's the source, the OG, but also he gets a lot of. It seems like he gets a lot of hate for his like very avant-garde choices for tunnel fits, but you're just like, this is fire. I don't yeah. care. You appreciate yeah. him as like a free spirit type. 
Yeah, I, I assume that everything that he puts on is cool. He just ha- he just has that kind of energy about him. It doesn't matter well, what it is. You, you know, that's just like every haircut that Brad Pitt gets is awesome. Right. Every single one. And you're like, oh, it's because of Brad Pitt. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. Everything that he puts on to me just looks outstanding. So even if it's a sleeveless denim vest. He's wearing I'm no shirt. I'm underneath. all for it. Every you know? time he does something like that, I'm like, should I wear one of those? <laughs> yeah, you should. Hundred shirt. Put one of those on. The yeah. shirt that's more holes than fabric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see you rocking that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be a good look. Maybe we can get homage on the horn. We'll do a little signature <laughs> collaboration. You know, so throw you, some so holes you, in that sweatsuit. But overall, like, and I think this is, I mean, as a non-sportsman, like, I think that one of LeBron's lasting legacies will be kind of like the how NBA players became pers- like personalities and their personal brands. Like, so you, you like how players are more individuals and, and the NBA is really the only league where that's really possible. Yeah. I like that a bunch. I think that's great. I think with, I think that's the one league where it to me is like becomes a part of who the player is and the stuff that the player does. This is why so many, uh, this is why so many people are like, Oh, Mookie Betts is cool. Cause he just put the chains on or swag. You know, he had the different cleats. They're like, Oh, I recognize those. Those look, those are cool. You get, you, you let players do stuff like that. And it just makes everybody a little more likable. Do you think it's ironic then that your favorite team is like the one team that is def- devoid of any type of like, you know, next level superstar personality, whether it's like Tim Duncan's, you know, uh, school shooter outfits, or if it's like Kawhi, Kawhi being a cyborg, you know, <laughs> like what is that, was that, so it's like, you love that individuality, but like, obviously and the Spurs are great. I mean, I'd, I'd personally rather have the trophies myself, but there's not really that guy there. And there hasn't been is that. Do you want, are oh, you, I, I, I disagree a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah, Who's yeah. That? Because when Tom, when Tim Duncan comes walking through with his outfit, like that's his that's his style. That's right. Like his, his lack of swag is actually his swag. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He just seems he just seems cool to me. I'm like, oh, should I have a Punisher T-shirt? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, please, not right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately we we lost the Punisher skull to the thin yeah, blue yeah. line. <laughs> Got reappropriated. What yeah. um. What player, which player growing up when you were like falling in love with, with the NBA, like uh, had the best style or that you kind of gravitated towards? The best style. I don't even think that that was a thing I was thinking about at the time. I know I thought. Not Reggie, even AI? I thought Reggie Miller was the coolest what? player. When I was a kid. Yeah. I was 13 and 14 or whatever. When he was having his like great run against the Knicks. Um, AI showing up was like a whole different level. He was the first he had the you know the the shooting sleeve, the braids, the tattoos, all of that, uh, all of that stuff. He was really, really like, oh yeah, this is a different. This is like another level of cool. I think he is. I think I wrote this in the basketball book. I think he's the coolest basketball player we've ever gotten, just like inch for inch. Uh, I went to a Rockets Sixers game with Laramie's little brother one year, and we and and we like you get there early enough, you can like wiggle past the security guards and be down by the court. And we were down there. And it was the first time I'd ever seen Allen Iverson in person. I think the only time, but he was just standing there listening to the music I was playing overhead and getting some shots up while they're passing him the ball. And everything that he did just looked cooler than how everybody else was doing. Mm. It's like his arms just seemed a little bit cooler somehow. <laughs> his neck just seemed cooler. He just walked in a, in a different way. So yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to like compare other players to 
he's in his own fucking universe because the swag was just astronomical. He's a whole different thing. But the first player I thought was cool was was Reggie Miller because, like Lawrence was saying, he was the opposite of what the Spurs were doing. He was out there running his mouth, and right. shoving people, and just talking shit. And I just thought that was great. Choking Respect. at Spike, yeah, classic. Yeah. You know the fucking vibes. Um, but okay, and then Tim Duncan, you'd think that his plain Jane norm core shit is like his, his, his jorts, his tees. Mm-hmm. You're with it. I'm with, with it. The shit. I'm, I'm with it because this is, this is the thing we're talking about the maybe fifth or sixth greatest basketball player of all time. I think That's, once you get, once you get to that level, the stuff that you wear just makes everything better. Like imagine you're at the bas- if you're at the basketball court and Allen Iverson walks up and he hangs 40 on you. You're like, Oh, obviously. It's yeah. fucking Allen Iris. He has a mink Gucci backpack. <laughs> if Tim Duncan shows up and, and puts a triple double on you, you just don't expect it. You don't see it coming. You got a triple double hung yeah. on you by a guy in jean shorts yeah. is what you have to He's not with. even wearing polo Ralph Lauren. He's wearing He's, chaps. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's the, the, that's the theme of white men can't jump. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. So Tim Duncan, the the one person who would ever come on this podcast and say that Tim Duncan has swag. Yeah. But he does. I guess it's kind of like a dying star collapsing on itself. It's like <laughs> it's a red it's a red dwarf. It's a red dwarf. Yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, something yeah. along the lines. All right. Enough okay. about All right. enough about ourselves. Let's move on to the second topic mm-hmm. of this podcast, which is money. Mm-hmm. Um, Shay, asking someone how much money they make is was and still is a taboo subject. However, it's a big gauche. Uh, transparency is more important than ever in 2020. And so we're not going to fault you if you don't tell us how much money you make. But the question is, how much money do you make? Oh, I make a ton of money. (laughs) So much money. A lot of money in books. Yeah. You wouldn't even believe it. You get paid Uh, by the tweet? I get get paid by the tweet. So we're looking at seven, eight million dollars a year. Yeah, right. Minimum. Easily is what I'm doing. Just off of my Twitter checks. (laughs) Sure. And my Twitter checks. I have my my brand endorsements, right? Uh, homage, homage, <laughs> famously. Subscriber hats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm super you, rich. Is is there um? Do you have a dollar figure in mind of how much money you would like to make? Obviously, you've got you know a big a big family, and you know, like have you have you thought about there's like a golden number or golden? Is there a magic number? Like oh yeah, much? I think everybody has a magic number. I think if if I was able to somehow get my hands on ten million dollars. Okay. Then I think that would take care of everybody in my family for the rest of our lives. Nice. Like, as long as you didn't move to LA or New York or San Francisco. As long, or, if we're in yeah. San Antonio, $10 right. million is like $80 million. Yeah, at <laughs> least. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. listen, I, I talked to a, to a buddy of mine who he, he works, he's like a private investor for Chase Bank or something like that. I don't know exactly his exact job title, but he handles money for, for really well off people. And so I was asking him about that, like, you know, how much money do I should I be trying to get to like, I want to retire. Nobody in my family has ever uh, prior to my parents just this past year to retiring. Um, what do I need to do? And we're like, okay, I want to pay for the boys school. I want to like have some money coming into them uh, in their lives for like forever or whatever. Like, how do I do, how do I do like the stuff that the white people are doing? <laughs> and he was explaining to me, like, if you have, if you have $10 million, that's probably going to earn something like, uh, like on low end, like a very, 
very like guarded investment, you can be maybe making like 400 grand a year in interest off of $10 million. Passive income, baby. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. That means that can pay the boys $133,000 a year every year for the rest of their lives. Like maybe it comes in a, in a check once a month and then they can do whatever they want. Because the thing that happened with me is I started teaching. I knew this was a job I wanted to do forever. And then the, the bills started coming right. and, all, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, $45,000 a year isn't going to take care of a family of four. It's just not. And then it's certainly not going to take care of a family of five. So like I would like for them to Plus have some sort of protections yeah. around them. Yeah. So that they can just like sort of Oh, you want to work for a nonprofit for your whole life? Awesome. Cool. You yeah. can do that. And you, you want to provide that money. flexibility that like maybe, you know, if you had your druthers, you could still be teaching and affecting people. Yeah, that way. exactly. Yeah. You want to spend, you want to drop six figures at StockX? Yeah. Right. That's Go, nuts. Yeah. Go nuts. You want to work at StockX? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go for it. Well, that's, no. that's, that's, that's pretty noble. And, and obviously you're, you're an extremely generous, humble guy. I mean, you know, no one can say a bad word about Shea Serrano, but when it comes to you treating yourself, what do you like to spend your money on? Yeah. Oh, I like to when spend me time on, on food yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. I just, I just like to, that's pretty much all that I like to do. I just like to order just food, eat. <laughs> just come, just bring it to my house so I can, so I can eat it. That's like my, my, main, it, it, my is main it, thing. is it Lux dining or is it like, yeah, oh, no, no, no. it's like delivery fucking, instead of just cooking for five. Yeah. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to go to my, my, my DoorDash and see my last <laughs> several orders. And I'm gonna tell you exactly what they are. Real quick while you're doing that. Do you want to shout out the breakfast spot that you go to all the time? Because we were trying to, we were trying to figure out what that was because it looks so fucking goddamn delicious. It's Mendez cafe. It's on the South side of San Antonio. It's, Chuck, the, please best write that breakfast. Down. it's the best breakfast in the city. Um, it's cash only. Mm. They are, they're only open until like one thirty or 2 PM. And some days they don't even open. They just will. They're like, we're not open today. Yeah. We're not doing it today. We're not having it. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah. Okay. I got my, my DoorDash up. So like, these are my, my high end places. Taco Bell was the last one. <laughs> okay. Um, Authentic wa- Mexican. Waukee Chinese seafood restaurant. I, I really love shrimp fried rice. I can get it like several times a week. Burger King, Wingstop, Taco Bell again, Bill Miller barbecue. <laughs> High end how, stuff. how many times do you eat shrimp fried rice a week? Did you say it's got a, at least three? I would say <laughs> three, three times a week. Damn, like, dude. My favorite foods. Yeah, and, kind of related. You're 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 on your fitness shit right now, right? Like you're on day two of your journey. I'm on day four, baby. Day, day four. four. What's no the sodas? Wow. No, no, no. I haven't ordered um, any Taco Bell in four days. <laughs> right, but oh, you I'm have had shrimp honest. fried rice eight times. <laughs> I have had shrimp fried rice several times. This what, week. what are what are the what are the goals of your fitness journey for anyone who's maybe not up up to speed? What's what's what was like the impetus and like what do you hope to achieve? The the impetus was. I am at this point 39 years old. And so my body is like doing some things that I'm super not excited about. <laughs> like real bad heartburn is like a thing sure. that's happening. Uh, like acid reflux while I'm sleeping. Like, oh, that's tough. What is going on? Like, yeah. that, sort of, that sort of thing. Um, anytime like I eat, a, a, like if I get Wingstop or whatever, it hurts my stomach for longer than it used to before. So I'm just trying to like move away from that. How many basketball games? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, 14 and a half basketball games. Damn, not worth it. What so are you, what's, the, what's the regimen? Yeah. Oh, it's just don't eat, don't eat like that. Oh, you, are you yeah. exercising on top of the, the dietary restrictions? I, I, I do like a little bit of walking or I do, I've got like one of those running apps where it's like walk for two minutes, run for one minute, that sort right. of thing. Oh, hit. 
high interval <laughs> training. Yeah, nothing, your, nothing, nothing crazy. Get your steps in. And then would, are you trying to like lose like five pounds, 10 pounds, anything like that? Or, or just hope that you're not, you know, waking up in the middle of the night with absolutely nuclear acid reflux. That's the, yeah, that's the main thing. Like it's, uh, I haven't had it at all this week. No like heartburn or anything, which has been awesome. I wonder if there's no Taco Bell. The no Taco Bell is a Yeah, it might be directly correlated to a lot of scientists. Quick. It happens real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what's what's the new food shit? Is it it like a lot more home cooking? Is it ordering healthier shit? Just shrimp rice, not shrimp fried rice? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just a little, it's just slightly healthier. Uh, Slightly healthier in smaller portions is all it is. Every Every journey starts with but a single step. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but I guess if you're not going to be spending money on wild Burger King and Taco Bell orders, what's it going to be? I, I I saw that you copped a low rider bike kind of recently or with the book. Like, is it all like nostalgia shit? Like stuff you couldn't afford when you're growing up? Yeah, that's the main thing. I always, I wanted that bike ever since I was a kid. It was like 900 bucks. Sheesh. And so yeah, that's what I said. I was like, oh shit, that's yeah. like a lot of Taco Bells. Right yeah. <laughs> So I got the, I got the bike. I got like, um, some comic books that I liked, some trading cards that I like, you know, I, I, I do like to buy stuff like that or just like various collectibles. I was gonna say your office is like, a, it looks like a fucking museum to some degree. Like there's, there's mad shit happening in there. Yeah. There, so there used to be this place it closed down because of the pandemic, but like on the same block as where my office building is, there was a collectible shop. Mm. And so I would just like go to lunch and then as I'm walking back, pop in there and be like, Oh cool. Let me get that scorpion action figure <laughs> or let me get that John wick action figure. And let me get that blood sport figure in. Your, your, your John's are action. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. 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 So All right. Let's it. move on that's to the third it. and final topic of the only podcast that matters, which is meats and cheeks, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sucking and fucking. Yeah. Congrats. Um, congrats on, on the three times you've had confirmed sex. three times sex haver, Shea Serrano. It's big. That's a lot. Honestly, for as far as like our guests are concerned, like you're up there with yeah. the most sex that anyone's had. I'm you're, sure. it's, only, it's only guaranteed twice though, because the twins. You know, oh, that's true. right. Damn. You're yeah. so right. Forgot you're, how that worked for a second. Your boys are, your boys are, your boys can swim. Yeah. Um, so you you're guaranteed two or three times sex haver. Who's, who's your sex? least favorite kid? <laughs> uh right now the one who beat me in 2k if i have is that, okay is that boy a or boy b that would be a oh, damn fucking goddamn a. and then which one's your favorite is it the baby yeah he's pretty high up there they're all pretty great i think they're all pretty great uh, where does where does younger jeezy rank in in this yeah. whole thing oh he's above everybody he's the <laughs> that's my guy right there that's Hell my yeah. guy you know it's been really neat to watch happen is he has he has become like very protective of all the, of all of the oh, kids. Nice. So like if oh, yeah. I try to like wrestle one of them, he just fucking comes flying in. Like he doesn't, there's no, there's no like playfulness with him. No, like he's, he's all business. He's like, all business. He's either laying down or he's just going to fucking try to kill you. Or he's his only chewing your arm that he, that he has. Reminds me of, of his namesake to some degree. I mean, Jeezy doesn't fuck around and that's obviously, you know, the shared DNA there for sure. Can't yeah. yeah. It always, it always so, man. makes me laugh because he'll start like, bouncing around like he wants to play and then as soon as you start to play he forgets and it's like i'll fucking kill you and it's just like coming hardcore damn dude no half stepping in the serrano household god damn he's he's the protection all right um speaking of children we have our two gromrads mm-hmm. who've been chilling in the cut this whole time uh we're gonna let them unmute themselves and in this segment 60 seconds of thirst they're going to pitch you on something, ask you a question. Maybe they have a suggestion. Uh, let's go to Chuck first. Chuck? 
Uh, Shay, you you called Lawrence uh, a Phil Jackson style coach. Uh, I'm wondering what coach you would compare your style to. Oh, I want to be I want to be my guy Pop. I want to be the guy who he know he knows his shit. He's putting the work in, and he's going to you know usually make a good decision. Hopefully, I want to be that. I don't and, know. And on the right side of history. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's who I am. I'm probably <laughs> and I'm probably, perfect politics. I'm perfect probably politics. more more of more of like an Avery Johnson type. Just got a little <laughs> bit too much a little bit too much panic in him. You remember right. when he like switched the starting lineup of the Mavericks before they played the eighth seed Warriors and then it blew up. Right, right, right. That's probably closer to where I am, but I'm trying to be the I'm trying to be pop. Damn. Okay. All right, Chuck. Thank you. An uh, Avery Johnson is exp- uh, aspiring to be a Greg Popovich. <laughs> I love Avery. That was, that was my guy. <laughs> Let's throw it over to Chef. Chef, thirty seconds of thirst left with Shay Serrano. What you got, Chef? Uh, hey man, I know you're a huge rom com fan. I've listened to a few of your pods about them. I'm wondering. It's kind of a two parter. What are your top three romantic comedies? of all time and the second part is what's the last the most recent good one that you watched my top three are going to be uh, my best friend's wedding there's uh yeah. something's gotta give with diane keaton and jack nicholson Iron. and and okay. the big sick with uh mm. kumail nanjiani which is fucking outstanding and his wife um, and his and his wife yeah i mean it was Based on them. Based on them. Right, right, right. I think if you have those three, you hit like three big time pillars in the like evolution of rom-com. Of course, I'm I'm ignoring like you're going to miss out on the whole like when Harry met Sally, Nora Ephron. Yeah. Planting that flag. Uh, You probably have to have them in there somewhere. But for me, those those are the three that I want to watch the most. The most recent one that I watched that I thought was really good. um, Netflix has had a really strong run of them. Uh, I rewatched Always Be My Maybe mm. uh, um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe like two weeks right. ago, and it's just great. It's did just you, great. Shay, did you see the holiday or holiday whatever? The, the uh, most I haven't recent? seen that. I haven't seen that one yet, but I have it saved. It's but, good, man. It's honestly, I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And the yeah. dude who is the male lead, he's like never been in anything. This Australian guy, he's got the juice, bro. Uh, he could be the next Gerard Butler if he plays his cards right. There, oh, you, there you go. I know uh, my girl Emma Roberts is in it. Killed it, and she's funny. Yeah. Um, but can yeah. I just ask why? Can I just ask what? Uh, why you love rom coms so much, or what? What it is about them that really speaks to you as a genre? As a genre, they're, they're comforting, is what it is. There's like a there's like a warmth in the familiarity of the of the like setup and delivery. You know all of the main beats that you're gonna right. get in every single rom com. They all sort of move the same way, and I just. I really like that. And I really like when a rom-com figures out how to do something in a like exciting or new way within that structure. Like that's why something like the big sick was so cool. You're not seeing anything like that before, but they adhere to the template. They're still in the sandbox, but they're figuring out new ways to, new ways to play. We keep coming back to basketball stuff. This is like Mike D'Antoni inventing the seven seconds or less sons. Like Mm -hmm. they're all playing the same game, but they're doing it a little bit different, but we're still doing the same. And that's why running and gunning. And that's when a rom-com can really, it's like jazz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's the notes they don't play. Yeah, exactly. All right. Groms, thank you. Thanks, uh, you boys. Can, you can put yourselves on mute. Go back to your phones if you want. Um, Shay, we want to play a little game with you. Uh, last John, next John. Are you familiar with the concept of John? Yeah. Not the Philly thing, but like it as like a garment. So yeah. we want to know. But we culturally appropriated from Philly. Right. 
We want to know what was the last John you purchased at full retail. And then what's mm-hmm. the next John you got your eye on that you want to pull the trigger on. Maybe once the next uh, check comes in now that you're not spending it on Taco Bell. Well, I don't buy a ton of, a ton of clothes. Um, I think the last thing that I like bought style wise that I was really excited about was a gold, a gold necklace off of the look, look, look. Oh, I got one little gold necklace off yeah. of Amazon. It was $19. <laughs> I don't think that's real gold. <laughs> it's probably not real gold, but I was really excited about that. That What's was the like, link. Is that like a herringbone link? Like what is that? Uh, it's like a yeah, flat. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like a little tiny herringbone. So is that, so how often do you just wear that? Like Drake, just when you're in the house? <laughs> yeah, I wear it in the, I wear it in the house. I wear it when I'm trying to like feel good about myself. Hell usually, yeah. usually I put it on after I cut my hair, shave my mm. hair. Put nice. on a, a nice new, uh, fresh T-shirt. Not new, but like clean. Yeah. Put my necklace on and then I like feel very good for the day. And that's the thing. It doesn't it's cost about. a lot of money, right? John's is to give you confidence at any price point. 19 bucks from fucking Lord Bezos. Or, you know, maybe you're like James and myself and you know, you spend 500 bucks just on your underwear. You yeah, do that. Have you done that? Is that no. like a thing? That, no, no. no. Oh, we, get, we get the $500 underwear for free. Yeah, well, there you <laughs> gently, go. gently used. Gently yeah. used. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the like last one I bought. And the next thing that I'll buy, I'll probably buy another hoodie as it gets a little bit colder out from, from my team at Homage. Like yeah. your 85, you got your 85 degree hoodie, your 80 degree hoodie. Yeah. And then that's all you need. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're good to go. Everything covered. Okay. Right, Shay, well, you are a man of strong opinions and hot fire, very spicy takes um, across the whole spectrum of everything. So what we want to do is we want to play fuck with, not fuck with. It's a working we're gonna, title. It's a working title. We're still working on the title. Maybe you're, you're a published uh, New York Times bestselling author. Maybe you can help us come up with a title. <laughs> um, we're going to throw some categories at you. You tell us what in those categories you're fucking with and what you're not fucking with. First up, I think I know the answer, mm-hmm. which is Cortez's, but uh, we want to know what sneakers are you fucking with right now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cortez's are my number one sneakers. That's the, that's the only shoe that I have multiple pair. Of. I have three pair, which for you guys is like, if you have 75 pair of one thing, <laughs> yeah, like basically that's what, that's what it is for me. Like that's the, that's are they the different colors, right? different colors for different, for different occasions. Yeah, they're they're different, different colors. I have the Kendrick Lamar house shoe one. Nice. I have the, the like, uh, I think it's the, the Los Muertos one that they made or the, 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 you know, Hispanic Heritage Month one. It's one of those two. I get them mixed up. And then just the, the traditional, the white with the black check. Nice. Do you have, uh, what about the Forrest Gump, the Forrest Gump specials? You ever get those? I've had them before, but I don't have them right now. Mm. How many I'll pairs do you think? I only have room for three. How many pairs do you think you've acquired over a lifetime? Ooh. Oh, I, so I do two new pairs of shoes a year since I became uh, an adult. So I don't know. You can say... 30, maybe 40. Okay. 40 and you wear them into the grounds, like the slides, you wear them till they're sauteed and flambéed, and yeah, then you yeah, replace yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Do you, are you fucking with any other sneakers or is it just Cortez's? Yeah. Uh, I like, I have a pair of the Jordan uh, Concords. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. The 11s. I, I, the 11s. I wanted one. I wanted those when I was in school. That was like when they came out and everybody was talking about them and we couldn't afford them. So Laramie got some for me a, a couple of years ago, but like, I didn't want the remade ones. I wanted the ones from 1990, whatever. So she dug those up uh, off the internet. Do you wear them at all? Or is it kind of like a display thing? No, no. It's like up on the wall. Um, <laughs> I like those ones. Uh, I like a lot of the, not a lot, but I like several of the Jordans. I like those ones. I like the, uh, the red, black and white ones. I think they're called breads. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong though. 
I do the, not know. The fours or the like the one? Because the there's a bunch of bread colorways. Uh, the ones. The one, the original. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Air Jordan. Yeah. The and then the those, band, uh, that was the band shoe. That was the famous yeah, like, yeah, that NBA one, that band. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the concrete, the ones, I don't know what they're called. They're black and they have like that concrete on the toe. The, yeah, you're talking about the threes. The threes. Those ones. All three of those shoes right now are in one of the boys' rooms because they just took them out of my office. <laughs> them on display, even though they're too, their feet are too big for them. And what about, are there any sneakers you're not fucking with? Like maybe through your kids, through, through the twins, like do you see shit and you're just like, yeah. I understand that you like this, but to my eye, this is just a tremendously expensive, ugly piece of shit that you're wearing. <laughs> you know what? You know what shoes I don't like? Um, Air Max 97. I really? Really? The silver bullets. I don't like the way that they look. I think they're just, I don't know. They're not what I look for in a shoe. Maybe they're a little too fast. Well, if you were a Euro trash road man, you would love them. So you know, <laughs> or an Australian <laughs> criminal. Yeah. Well, the jail wins are a bit different, but yeah. All right. So you're not an Air Max guy at all. Um, I like the other Air Maxes. I don't know what they're called though. But the other years, like the nineties and the 95, but yeah, you're yeah. not uh, Air Max 90. Guy. Air Max 90 is the one that I like. Those ones are cool. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. You've named a lot of Tinker Hatfield designed shoes. So I think that's shout out. He's the goat. Hatfield. So I guess that makes that should come as no surprise. All right, let's move on to uh, music. What music are you currently fucking mm. with? What's in the headphones when it's not me and Lauren screaming and answering each other's questions? Yeah. But real quick, I will say this was the best thing about Diamonds and Wood was getting the 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 recommendations, the tune recommendations from from the man himself every so week. That was let's get some now. Yeah, put us um, on, dude. Right. Bring it back. Okay, well we'll do we'll do some older stuff and some newer stuff. The older stuff that I'm listening to right now, I'm in a I'm in like an Erica Badu mode. Yeah. Erica Badu, I think she has my favorite singer voice of all time. It just it sounds different. It sounds richer than everybody else's voice. And so it's something that I put on when I'm especially stressed out. Mm. Like I have been during all the election stuff, but I just put on Mama's Gone to or whatever, and I just sort of let it play. She has a really great video of when she did NPR, Tiny Desk. Mm-hmm. And like it, normally that's like a 15-minute video, and the, whoever goes on there does several songs. But she did uh, Rimshot and then Green Eyes, and Green Eyes is like fucking 14 minutes longer. 13 minutes long or something. Um, that's really who I've been listening to the most uh, today and yesterday. Before that, Toby Nwigwe is, is awesome. Um, he, he, he had a great performance with Nell and Fat, who are like his partners at the BET Hip Hop yeah. Awards. Fucking outstanding. Um, Cousin Stiz is another guy who I just fucking, I, I just put it on when I want to feel good. And then Chet Baker is like who I listen to when I write. Is it a great oh, album shit. called the Chet Baker Quartet? No problem. And it's great. There's a song in there called Kiss of Spain, which is just fucking exactly what I look for when I'm trying to write. Is that So when you write, you need jazz? Like you can't necessarily, or do you listen to other stuff or is that, it needs to be like kind of like background noise? It needs to be background noise. So oftentimes it will be something that doesn't have any words or it will be something that I have listened to so many times that it won't distract me like mama's gun, which is probably my most played album or uh, Tierra whack had an album that came out. It was like 15 minutes long. One oh song yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I listened to that one so many times that you, I can just put it on and it won't distract me anymore. What about uh, the newer stuff? Yeah. 
Oh, that was my newer stuff. Toby Nwigwe. Chet Baker? And, and Stiz. <laughs> I guess Stiz. Yeah, yeah. Toby Nwigwe yeah. and Jerowak. Is Stiz from Boston? Is he like the yeah. best rapper from Boston? Yeah, there's nobody. Like, who, who, who's the other guy? Like, Sam Adams? Sam uh, Adams. Uh, he's great. Yeah. If you love, if you like, the, ben, bar, the Barstool fans are familiar. The Stoolies are familiar with Sammy Adams. <laughs> Benzino? Is that his name? I don't know. The guy um, who owned the source? He was a Boston rapper, wasn't he? Benzino? I thought Benzino was from New York. Anyway, moving on. What about some music? You're, what about some music you're not fucking with right now? Yeah, is there anything that you know, that you're your not kid, a fan of? Do your kids listen to rap right now? Uh, yeah, they listen to stuff, but I don't know what it is that they're listening to. Who knows? Who knows? Like, who uh, is Yne Chopper? Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of something that I that I'm just like not excited about listening to. I don't. There's like I don't know why I would know that. You know, I guess we could say um, sadly right now, Little Wayne. Yeah, just not. I'm not, Lil Pimp? I'm not listening to it. Lil Pimp, you know, a.k.a. Lil Pump? Pimp. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite Wayne? I would love to know the ranking of the Carters for you. If you were just going to rank the one, well, just the first three, the ones that mattered. What, what, what is, uh, what would have been your, your ranking? Oh, you know, okay. So this is, this is probably uh, backwards, but mine go three, two, one, just like that. Really? Yeah. 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 Because for, 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 for me, I thought on Carter three, I thought it was really cool to, to watch this, sort of mixtape hero transfer all of that mixtape energy into a proper album because it, like right now mixtapes and albums and and, e, and eps and what, they're all sort of blended together they're, yeah. they're 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 all the same thing but at the time back then 10 12 yeah. years ago it, they were very separate things they were absolutely, absolutely separate things yeah. and 50 cent was probably like the first guy i can remember doing that taking this sort of mixtape energy and putting it onto an album. And, but then watching Lil Wayne do it was to me very fulfilling and being like, Oh cool. My guy, my guy made it. He did it. He yeah. became the, and I think that, I think they did like a million copies. The they first. did. They did a million copies in a week. And that, that the Carter three had been delayed. Like what fucking, you know, 10 times before it yeah. finally came out because of like leaks and stuff. But yeah, that was uh that was a huge event. I remember too, like remember pitchfork giving that like a, like a nine plus, or I don't know. They gave it like some high rating and it was like, Holy shit. Cause that was before pitchfork was even like, really doing rap the like they do rap now you know yeah. um and com- kind of like completely pivoted but uh, that's the greatest you know dominant cultural art form i'm not surprised but that was it felt at the time like something very special but that's my least favorite of the three carters i will say i, I go two I one it. three personally but yeah that's usually the order um two two is usually the everybody's like objective perfect. favorite yeah. but for, but i just had like a personal connection to to the third one i was just really excited about it Let's move on to uh, another topic near and dear to your heart, which is film and TV. What films are you currently fucking with? Oh, shoot. Like uh, all of them? <laughs> I have a lot to say all of them. Yeah. Um, all the Zoobies? Um, yeah, every Zoobie. I, I, I love them. Um, the last ones that I watched were Big Lebowski and Knives Out and Toy Story. Those are the last three Ooh. movies that I watched. Those are all rewatches for you, I assume? Yeah. Did, you, know, did you cry the first time you saw Toy Story? I didn't cry the first time I t- t- saw Toy Story 1, but I cried the first time I saw Toy Story 3. That is a very sad one. When, that's one where it ends with Andy going to college? Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Oh, come yeah. on. But see, they, they hit you twice there. They do the thing where they're, yeah. all of the toys are like headed toward the, toward yeah, the to incinerator. Be, yeah, to be. And they, yeah. and they stop fighting it. And they just sort of hold hands and you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, what am I watching? And like, I, you feel it. And then after that, after they get saved, 
then you have the scene of Andy giving all the toys away and he's like saying nice things about each one. And you're like, Oh God, they're going for it right here. How did the other two, how did big Lebowski hold up in the, I forget the third one, but I'm just wondering knives if out. Big knives, Lebowski out. And knives out, they're all still great. They're all still great. Have you, uh, I don't know, are theaters open in Texas and have you gone to see a movie in theaters since like March or have you stayed away? I haven't been anywhere. Certainly not a movie theater. The last movie that I saw in the theater was uh, the invisible man. Oh, with, uh, Elizabeth uh, Moss. What's her name? Elizabeth yeah. Moss. Yeah. I Damn. tried to watch that on Halloween. And I got too scared. <laughs> it's, really good. It's, it's really, really good. I like, uh, Lee Wanell is a guy who did it. Um, I like it a lot, but no, I haven't been in any, in any movie theaters. I won't be in any movie theaters for the foreseeable future. Even for right. tenant. Even for tenant. Sadly. <laughs> what yeah. about TV? What TV are you fucking with right now? TV. If we're talking about re- the stuff that I'm rewatching, I'm always rewatching Scrubs in the Office. Those are my two favorite shows. They just make me feel safe at night. Comfort. Um, it's comfort food for you. It's comfort. Yeah. It's the like Eric Badu. Badu. It's Eric Badu of TV. This is a very familiar theme that we've been yeah. hitting on the whole time. The, the clothes that I wear, comfort food, the food that I eat, shrimp fried rice is the <laughs> one food that I know. No matter where I eat it or what, how I eat it, it won't make my stomach hurt for any reason at all. So I love it. Is this a 2020 development or have you always kind of uh, ran back to the comfort and the classics and just, this is forever. This is forever. Um, You're a classic man. Yeah, exactly. Chopped and screwed. Yeah. Um, Chopped and screwed version for moonlight though. Hey, that's really good. Um, a newer TV show that I, that I watched that is like, I just loved it was uh, Ted Lasso. Oh really? uh, Yeah. Did you watch it? I tried and I couldn't get through the pilot because it was like very, it was very much like a pilot episode, but people are like people that are stuck with it all are like, it's such a fucking warm and fuzzy and feel good show that works right now. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times you watch a show and you're like, they set up stuff and you know, Oh, this is going to go bad later on. Mm -hmm. But, but in Ted Lasso, they set it up to go bad later on and then they just fix it and it doesn't go bad. (laughs) So so it's like entourage. (laughs) Yes. Entourage. What a show. show. That's the universe I'm trying to live in. (laughs) (laughs) So Ted Lasso is your current, your new show co-signed. Anything else? What about yeah. the, the Sexy Chess Show or anything? I love it, dude. By the way, Sexy Chess Show, fucking Queen's Gambit, fucking nine out of ten. Love it. Highly recommend oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for a good chess. Anything. But did you? Did either of y'all watch Fresh? Did you ever see that movie Fresh? No. no what happens there? Oh, you got to see this movie Fresh. Just really, really good. It came out in the '90s, and it's about this kid. He lives in New York and he's like a, a, a drug courier and Samuel L. Jackson plays his dad and he's teaching him how to play chess. Like, you know, that's like their relationship. He sees them. Uh, he's not in their life, but the boy goes to visit him every once in a while and he's teaching them how to play chess over here. And then the kid is using all of these like forward thinking moves in his real life. And he's trying to figure out how to basically rescue himself and his, and his sister from the environment that they're in. And so he's putting, putting all of these pieces in place. It's, it's outstanding. It's really, really good. Top, top chess film of all time. It's the number one chess film of all time. It's What's best, b- searching for Bobby Fisher. It's better than that one. That was number two. Yeah. That was number two, but this one is better for such a boring game for fucking nerds. I will say that chess makes for fucking electric cinema. It's just so, I guess you just feel smart watching it. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, At least I'm speaking for myself here. I don't, you know, it's no, like the inception of genres. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. You, you, anytime like a movie is good is because you're watching usually somebody who's like very good at a thing or very bad at a thing. 
<laughs> and in this case, you watch somebody play chess and you understand, oh, this must be a smart person, number one. And then they just, it's just, it's just fun to watch. It's just great. Um, Is there any film and TV, any I'm film and TV that you, I want to make sure I mention. Did y'all watch that? I'm Destroy You? Oh, yes. Yeah. That was, that was good. That it was took me a long time to finish it's it. Like I, it's like 10 episodes, I think. And I, I, I stopped at like episode eight because it kind of gets like a little stagnant there in the, in the back half. But the way it ends is everyone, I mean, it ends phenomenally. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone was it's, saying it's, that's, a, that's a unanimous instinct blastic for sure. It's, it's, 12, it's 12 episodes. 12, okay. But yeah, so I, once you I get, petered out at 10 and I finished, finally finished 11 and 12. Oh, see, yeah. I, I really like that one. That was just like a totally different feeling than, than Ted Lasso. <laughs> but, but like, I don't know, combined in there or connected in their excellence. Does Ted Lasso also have fire bangers, just UK drill and everything just throughout? Just <laughs> nothing but Burna Boy? Yeah, it does. There's a lot of burner boy inside last, so surprising amount. <laughs> is there any, and obviously you're a pretty positive guy, but is there any movie or TV that like you've been hearing a lot about that you like tapped into and you're like, this is not for me or this is overrated? Has anything stuck out? Because everyone is like recommending everything, I feel like, you know, because there's yeah. nothing else to do. So there's got to be some fucking duds in there, right? You know what? I think like the closest thing I have to a, a hot take is I feel that way at times about Mad Men. I just, really, really? I just, I just couldn't get there. I, but, but here's the thing. I say that and I watched all of the episodes and then right. sometimes I'm like, I wonder what Don Draper's up to right now. <laughs> I wonder what Peggy's up to right now. I wish I could. It's not on Netflix anymore. I wish I could see what they're. Oh, that's right. It was pulled. Yeah. It's not. I, so you can't stream it right now. Can you? Can't, anywhere? And that's probably making me like feel like I liked it more than I did, but I feel like as soon as I turned it back on. Was it just not relatable? Cause you're like, I don't care about these white people's problems. Uh, yeah, that was part of it. I just, yeah, it was like a a world that I maybe wasn't super interested in. I do, I did. I, the only parts of it that I really, really liked were anytime Peggy was doing something, I thought she was great. She was my favorite yeah. character on there. Or Besides, anytime Don Draper was doing a sales pitch. Oh, the best. Was, and then the I was best. like all in on that yeah, one. Yeah, he kills that carousel. Besides Don and Betty, I I just thought that the acting was like distractingly wooden, and like I don't really care about acting that much. But I was just like, these people are acting. You know who <laughs> I like that everybody hated on that show? Pete Campbell. My guy, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I, he gets I, a bad rap, dude. Pretty pathetic a, guy, but, you know, sometimes means well. Listen, he gets a bad rap. Not but, great, Bob. <laughs> but I respected how dedicated he was to the job. Yeah. The, the older I get, the more of an appreciation I develop for characters and things who, like, get stuff done. Really? So jo- Joan and Mad Men is sure. another. Just like Joan can handle it. Um, what was this, Silicon Valley, the, the, the tall guy's name? Jonah. There? Jonah. Um, no, not jo- that was a uh, veep. Uh, yeah. Fuck, what's Gabe? Gabe? Gabe. Well, he was Gabe in the office. He's Gabe but in the he's office. Same guy. Same <laughs> guy yeah, in Silicon yeah, Valley. But the same guy. Um, Jared was his Jared, name. Jared. Yeah. But like a character like that, Dwight in the office, like they're going to get the job done. I Machiavelli really, shit. Yeah. That's again, again I, I find comfort in that and yeah. I like it. I find comfort in Roger, Roger Sterling just fucking partying, dude, all the time. So mm. that's yeah, see, I was never a big six Roger martini guy. lunches. Yeah, you know the vibes. All right, cool. Um, Jay, before we end the episode and before we get into the afters, Lawrence and I, we just want to offer up some constructive criticism real quick. I mean, we, right, we love you as a homie, as like, you know, a writer, as a podcast host, as a personality. Um, that being said, you know, we, we just want to see you do even better. So we want to offer up some constructive criticism <laughs> that comes from the brain, the heart, maybe even the loins. 
Um, take it or leave it. We're not gonna be mad if you don't take it, but you know, you should, uh, I'll go first. Um, you know, you have, uh, Chuck here, another fellow flexican American who's super tapped into the zeitgeist and pop culture. Launch a podcast with Chuck. We know you got the time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Use two of your eight allotted Twitter hours to yeah. To pop. He's, he's a big he's a big sneaker guy. I, maybe you have a lot of questions about the sneaker world from uh you know born from your son's interest yeah. in it. Like maybe that's the premise. He's just like you come to Chuck with like, hey man, why do these sneakers cost four thousand dollars? And then yeah. Chuck breaks it down for you. Chuck can help you connect with your children. All right, that's what, that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Mediator. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I was reading a bunch of your old columns today, Shay, which have been ported over from whatever happened to fucking fourpence to just complex proper. And I was thinking about, I think there's an opportunity to, we should, listen, you're in with the publishers. You're a New York Times bestselling author. We should find a way to get that shit fucking packaged up. Let's put it on shelves. You throw me a couple bucks. I'll write the fucking forward. I'll just make some shit up, whatever. I make a quick little buck before the holidays, man. Just thought. There you go. I love to make, I know, I love to make a buck hell yeah okay. look if you're not if you're not going to make an honest buck working with lawrence uh how about we make a corrupt buck and you tell it like it is you have a built-in audience you're in a very interesting city in a very interesting state right now when it comes to politics why don't we just run for office Shay? you Let's got the it. brain trust right here we'll, we'll just make memes we'll just we'll just fucking make we'll run your digital you do what you got to do and then we'll just get you an office i want to be like the i want to be like the fire fest of <laughs> of politicians of politicians then, you guys we'll, can be we'll, fuck jerry media oh dude listen we're worse than him for sure we got you we will Don't steal you. more content than fuck jerry but we should also yeah. live pod the whole ordeal that's the twist and that's how we make and then we retain the movie rights and that's how we democracy never sleeps content never sleeps we'll just merge <laughs> these worlds together um and then finally uh another golden piece of constructive criticism take it or leave it um have you thought about writing your own tv show Obviously, you've had success in the literary world. Have you thought about going full Hollywood? I, th- I think about it all the time. I think about selling a TV show or, or a movie or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's something that I would like to try at some point. In Do you the- have an angle like on your teaching days? That's obviously a very popular genre, the kind of like fish out of water school teacher joint. Maybe or stand and deliver style. Maybe it's way more sincere. Have you thought about what would be the vibe? I haven't spent too much time thinking about it yet but I'm going to take this constructive criticism that you all are giving me. I'm going to combine it all into one thing. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a TV show about a guy who's running for office and he doesn't know anything about sneakers. And that's going to be the, and that's going to be the hook. And Chuck Sick, is your dude. beep. Yeah. Perfect. Shay, Chuck uh, is the guy. Thank you for coming on the only podcast matters. Where can the kids follow you? Yeah, what do you Obviously want to plug? they already do, but like, what are your socials and what do you want to plug? Um, I just, I'm on Twitter at my name, Shay Serrano. And I don't have anything at the moment to plug. I'm realizing right now I wasted this opportunity. <laughs> so just fucking go donate some money to Racist, R-A-I-C-E-S. They're doing a lot of great work to fight all that bullshit that Trump is doing at the borders. Um, send some money there. Don't buy any of my books. Do that instead. Free them all till they're all free. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Chef, you know what the fuck going on. Hit us with that outro music, baby. How they fuck with me now? Fuck with me now. Fuck with me now. All of they fuck with me now.
me now. Bad bitches fucking me now. I was at the bottom, had nothing but a dollar and a dream. Motherfucking, you wasn't around. Saying that I was blind, couldn't even get a retweet. Now I blow a kiss to a bitch, making knees with. Now I'm getting racks for a verse in this each week. I was on a bitch, but I'm ballin' CP3. I feel like a king. I feel like a boss. Bitch, I feel like I'm a star. I fuck your bitch and I call her an Uber. Cause only my mama can ride in my car. These bitches can't get a sin out of me. All they gon' get is a dick and a piece. All they gon' get is finesse and some ski. Finesse, I finesse up like P.I.M.P.s. I'ma drop an album, I'ma get a hundred racks. You gon' hear the song, get laid, run it back. Now I gotta shit on them people we knew. When I pray to God, I never had it come to that. But fuck them lames, I am on my job. I'ma get it poppin', put it on my squad. Baby, you